In the words of a king, there is power. And as we behold him with unveiled faces, we're transformed into the very image of God. Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. K. Ijishesan, brought to you by Kingswood Ministries International. We believe that as you listen, faith is stirred up in you to become all that God has called you to be. Thus said the Lord, as you take your seats, wait, make sure you are not sitting where you sat before you stood up. Thus said the Lord, as the Lord liveth. After today, your status has changed forever. Do you believe that? Then take your seat prophetically. Today is a day that will go into the record. Your record that everything changed. What did I say? Come on, I need your response. I don't have forever to preach. For your information, if you are now aware, I'm still taking my team to Ibadan immediately after this meeting. So, I need you to respond quickly. I said... Today is that day that everything changed about you. Now turn to your neighbor prophetically and tell him, say, neighbor, you are here to testify. Because very soon, people will be making reference to me. And you will tell them, I was there. I want you to do something prophetically. I want you to take out your phone, if your phone has that capability. I want you to take a selfie of your old self. Because your new self is about to emerge. I'm speaking prophetically. Take the selfie of your old self. So that when you are showing them, this is how I used to look like. If your neighbor is privileged, it might show up on your selfie. So that it will be able to testify. I was there. Say, say right now. I take this picture as a memorial that I used to be like this. Now take it prophetically. Hallelujah. You know, severally during celebrations maybe of church or ministry anniversary or maybe by birthday they often bring out pictures of my holidays in ministry which to a large extent i can deny in a court that that person being projected was not me it's a pity i didn't plan for it i would have asked the media people to project the picture of that man they used to show in those celebrations that man cannot be me i don't even think we're related because if you see the way the man looked and this man ah, uh -uh, no we cannot be related i remember several years ago this should be like 15 years ago i was on tv I think Lagos LTV and somebody who went to school with me whose name is actually my, I mean, he has the same name. His name is Kyle Day too. Saw me on TV and he could not believe it. So he called the number. No, no, no. He sent email to the email address that was put on the screen. He said, I went to school with the brother of this person. From the last name, I could see they must be related. And they forwarded the email to me. So I had to reply. I said, he's not the brother. Is he? That was the last time he responded. He was so shocked. I said, you, that was timid. You know, I was so timid in secondary school that they don't even know how to describe me. There was no way anyone in my class could have believed that someday I will be standing before thousands. 
preaching the gospel or delivering any form of message or, or speech because I was that timid that I could not address a class. But something changed. Between 1988 and 1990, that battered the person you know now. So I can claim that person that they show in most celebration could not have been me. Because I've changed into another man. Don't you never say, I'm changing. I'm changing. Oh, come on, say prophetically. Say, I am, I am changing. Oh, I didn't hear you say, I am changing. If you can't say it, you can have it. Say it loud and clear. I am changing. I am changing. Tell him or I say, did you hear me say, I am changing. I'm changing. I'm changing. Something is about to evolve. And what is going to evolve is going to be so beautiful. It's going to be so beautiful, so glorious, that it will be impossible to hide it. Are you listening to me? I'm changing. I'm changing. I'm changing. You know, God has the habit of taking nothing and making something out of it. And that's why if you have become something when you are not yet something, it's a problem. Yeah, you didn't hear me. When you see people that become so full of themselves and God has not even started with them. Ah, that means you have turned yourself into a project that God cannot touch. Because God loves to work with people that sees themselves as nothing. Because he want, to, he want to walk in a situation whereby everybody will know that it has to be something bigger, mightier, and supernatural to have made this to happen. I speak as a prophet of God. In this strange season of Kairos, I see God's hand being placed upon you. And I see you experiencing your Kairos moment of right place and right time. If you believe that, come on, shout that. It's me. We call this Takeover Sunday. Why is it Takeover Sunday? Because God is saying, I want to position my people for the palaces. And I heard the Lord saying, there are Esther's among you that have lost everything just like Esther in the natural had lost her parents. It was a cousin. Some of you call Mordecai a uncle. No, they were cousins that took up the responsibility of raising her. As his own daughter. It was that bad. Not even an uncle. A cousin. Some of you, can you imagine your cousin? Say I'm your dad. It was that bad. She had lost everything. She was just a, a young girl growing up with her cousin. And her cousin was taking the responsibility of parenting her. And all of a sudden, there was a mess in the palace. I heard the Lord saying, he said, when you see mess, don't, don't shy away from it. Because that mess is not your mess. Hmm. Can I be real with you? I know there's a jackpot spirit upon our nation now. May you not jackpot out of destiny. Yeah. That image is weak. Yeah. I said, may you not jackpot out of your destiny. There is still a God that we tell and Isaac, stay in this land because that is where I've placed you. You know what? You know, I can't stand this nation. It's so messed up. Some of you can even speak phonetic more than those of us that have been living there. Say, so you know what? Like somebody told me a while ago, he said, you can see that I'm not constituted for this place. So God made a mistake. Your background, your history, it's not a mistake. It was designed. And if God needs you somewhere else, he will let you know. Do you know a problem a lot of times is that we zero in on financial economy. Oh yeah, he's doing well for himself. He has a lot of money. Are you that shallow? To the glory of God, I've been privileged to live in America for 24 years. And someone said, ha. Ah. Yes, 24 years. And I've been privileged to meet different people that are miserable. And people back home think they are doing well. But they are so miserable. They might even have a lot of money, but still miserable. Some of them, their children have lost their identity. Hey, you didn't hear what I said. 
when your male child all of a sudden wakes up one day and says, I'm a girl. And one of the reasons why things like that can happen to a believer is because a believer has left his place. Hey, you didn't hear me. There's a divine protection in purpose. When you are inside of God's purpose, you can even achieve so much with less prayer. Because you're already aligned. As compared to somebody who is totally out of the program. Can you imagine? God has a program for you here and you relocated yourself there. So God has to walk his way into your location which is not in his record to make something happen. So you will be, you, will, you, will, you might be able to enjoy what I call some tashore blessing. You might have a lot of money, but be miserable because God's plan for you is bigger than what you are doing. That's why the Bible says the life of a man does not consist in the abundance of things. You know why I'm saying that? Because a, a nation is at that place now that everybody just want to get out. May you not get out of purpose. Oh, let me pray it again. I said, may you not get out of purpose. But you know, as bad as it is, there are people that God is still helping. I speak that in 2023, you will be among the people that God will help. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I'm aware of the mess we're dealing with in the nation. I'm aware of our messed up system, messed up government. Our interesting political, you know, atmosphere. I'm aware of all that. It's not as if I'm insensitive. But still, God's voice is still major. If God has not sent you, but you send yourself. You know, I grew up in CSC Church and, you know, there are a lot of things. One of the things that they used to tell us those, they say, Enyo Ronisha Lamberu. You know, that was, is the person that sends you on an assignment that you should be what? Concerned about. Not where or who. Or the location where you're delivering the message. Now the question is, are you sent? Or are you a went? Because people that are sent are being expected. By the time they get to the gates, they are welcome. Because they were planned. If you showed up in a location which was not in your original plan, you will be maltreated. Because that is not your place. May you find your place in this season. You know, when you take a fish out of water and you put, put him on, on land, what happens? He dies. God bless you. He dies. I was even going to say he struggles. Struggling is just the minimum. If he stays long enough on the ground, what will happen? May you not die before your time. Yeah. And by the time, by the way, when I say death, it's not necessarily cessation to exist. You might be alive and be dead. In fact, you might build a mansion and still be dead. You might have a lot of money and be dead because you are out of purpose. May you not relocate out of God's purpose for your life. So when we are talking about God's, I mean, takeover season, you need to be in purpose. And you need to realize that being nothing does not intimidate God. Every single person that God worked with, they were nothing. In fact, he loved to work with people that are nobody. Because when he does his own thing, he will take the glory. But if you're already good and he worked with you, you won't even give him the credit. Say, I was already diligent. I was consistent. How many of you have had testimonies that it was more of the people than God? I just want to thank God. You know, I prepared for that exam. By God, I born the, the midnight and the breakfast. Oh, like, you know, I studied, I studied, I studied. I did not miss any class. I reviewed. And, you know, at the end of the day, God helped me. Was it God or you? Because based on that testimony, it was more of you. And God just put the eyes in. But God is looking for people that will say, if not be for God. Hey. Listen, I have no business standing in front of you. Look at me now. I'm in Abelkota on a Sunday morning and hundreds of people are here. Do I deserve it? No. 
It has nothing to do with my training in the natural. I'm supposed to be a pharmacist dispensing drug. And by the way, I've left this country for over 20 years. I should have no business addressing hundreds and thousands of people in different cities where I don't live. Even this ministry is a mystery. People have asked, how do you do it? You don't live here. And yet, you have big churches everywhere. Number one, it's not my church. It's God's church. Could it be the reason why you are struggling is because you are building where God is not building? Except the Lord build. Oh my God. The question is, are you trying to make a name for yourself? Or make a name for God? Are you trying to blow or grow? Should I say it again? Are you trying to what? Or what? Do you know the interesting thing? To the glory of God, I have quite a number of influential children that are on Instagram, some of them with millions. Guess what? I realized that a lot of them, it was Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 11 that happened to them. The race is not for the swift. The battle is not for the strong. You, you are hard PR. You, 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 you post morning, afternoon, night. And yet, one and a half people are liking your post. Maybe it's high time you shut down that Instagram page. You are trying to become an influencer by what? By force. One, one, of my, one of my people told me, he said, this person I'm talking about has over 3 million followers on Instagram. He said, Pastor, this thing that they call content creating, it was by, by accident. He said, it was my hairdresser. Or what do you call it now? There's a stylist. Is it stylist you call it? Yeah, it's a generation now. Taylor don't turn to fashion designer. <laughs> so, anyway, stylist or whatever. So he said that person said, anytime she comes around to do her hair, she's just always cracking them. And everybody will be laughing. <laughs> so one day the person said, please, let me record you. I said, ah, why? He said, if you allow me to record you, I will give you 50,000. I said, ah, 50,000. Why not? You record me. The person I'm talking about has 3 million followers today. He said, that was how the person recorded and uploaded and it went viral. And he said, ah, so I'm that funny. I'm that funny. I'm that funny. And somebody else is trying to kill himself. Buying followership from strange people. Please, some of the people that are putting you under pressure, go and search the people following them. Chinese, Indian. They are not real followers. They paid for them. Even some life programs that you see, oh, 1,000 life, not fake. So I said, how do you know? There was a time I felt victim to their scam. I thought it's real people. So they said, we can expand the number of people that will watch your life program. So I, and I saw 1,000 truly. Then when I started seeing strange message, strange comments, oh, you are hot. Ah! <laughs> if for some of them, the comments they put has no bearing with the message. I'm like, ah. So I shut it down. And the next time I went online, I said, people of God, if you notice that, you know, thousands joined us last week and just a few hundred or maybe 90 people, he said, nothing has happened. It's not as if people backslid it. It's because then we were trying something out. So please, let's be content with what we have. God bless you. Amen. I'm not trying to die before my time. I refuse to put myself under pressure. Don't you never say, I refuse to put myself under pressure. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that builds. Listen, anything that is not built from the position of rest is not of God. There are things, there are indications that will let you know you are in the will of God. Favor will be present and you will do it from rest. Write it down. Favor will be present and you will do it from rest. If there are more muscles than sleep, 
then it's not God. Because God loves to work with people that know how to sleep. That was why Jesus went to the inner part of the boat to sleep when a storm showed up. Oh, you didn't hear me. Mark chapter 4 from verse 35, the Bible says there was a what? A furious storm of hurricane proportion that came at their boat. By the way, they were in the will of God. So, experiencing a stormy situation of faith does not mean you are out of the will of God. Write it down. Storm does not indicate being outside. I don't know who I'm talking to. You want to jump out and run away. Listen, faith is a fight. One of the things that define the people that take over is the courage to fight. I don't know. Oh, I'm going to quit. Listen, if you quit, you will stop the process of God. Do you know our problem? When we are being tried, we take it personal. Somebody talk to me. Abel Kuta, can you hear me? When we go through trials, we take it what? But the Bible says, count it all joy. When you fall into what? Diverse of what? Temptation. The word temptation there means adversity. And adversity does not necessarily come for you. Should I say it again? The adversity did not necessarily come for you. You are not that special. You want to know why the adversity came? Mark chapter 4 verse 17. Because if you are going to take over, you will must learn how to fight through. There's no takeover without fighting. The Bible says, and they have no root in themselves. And so endure, or they are patient only for a time. And afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises, why? For the world's sake. Hey. Could it be that the promise that God gave you was the reason why the affliction came? Have you noticed that anytime maybe you come in contact with a revelation, you went to a meeting, God's word was preached, your eyes of revelation opened, and you saw something, and you were so excited. Then the next thing, something happens that challenges that revelation. When that thing arises, please don't take it personal. It's not because of you. It's because of the word you received. The word said, don't you remember, say neighbor? neighbor. You, are not those, you are not that special. Not that special. So there is no special tribulation. No special. You know, Peter said somewhere, he said the same affliction is being accomplished in all your brethren. There is no special tribulation. There is only special ignorance. So it came because of the word. So when you see challenges like that, ladies and gentlemen, that's when to go back to that word. Because if you are rooted, am I preaching well in Abekuta this morning? He said, go back to that scripture, Mark chapter 4. He said they have no root. Because the word was on what? On stony ground. So the world did not have the ability to develop a strong root system. So the affliction that God thrown at them threw them out. But people that are rooted in, you know, you know two people can listen to the same message and get so excited. And to, a, to an extent, both of them got light. But there's, there's a difference between light and deep light. Write it down. There's a difference between what? Light and what? Deep light. You know, some people's light is so light that by the time they are packing lot, they have lost the light. But there's something about hearing God's word and light shines upon your heart. And you go back into the world personally. And you listen to the same message over and over. You meditate on it to have root system. Write it down. Root system. The people that we take over in this season are people with root. Not light people just on the surface. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, just give me the summarized version of what the pastor preached. Now, you can see Dr. K in 2023. He said, I love that man. 
But you should have met him in 1995, 1996, 1997. I will watch Kenneth Copeland messages six hours. At a stretch, over and over. In fact, they are, I can preach some of his messages to him. Listen to Crefordola. All the Kenetakin book ever written, I read them. Word of Faith magazine on campus. If I see a glimpse of it, I'm going after it. I'm, those days we photocopy because we, could, we were so broke that we could not even afford the books. So we had to photocopy. In fact, there were people that it was not the original photocopy that they read. It was the photocopy of the photocopy. Okay. Do you know that guy? Okay. Wow, this, this is a young man. He will do great. Okay, can you, can you take it away? And whosoever is behind that, see me after the service. <laughs> Just kidding. Ah, please take it away now. <laughs> he says they have no root. Listen, when some of our friends were buying designer, we were buying material. And today, when I wear designer, I don't even know. Because as far as I'm concerned, clothes is clothes. You know the Gen Z, you know, to the glory of God, I'm blessed with quite a number of Gen Z in our church. You needed to see the way they harassed me after service yesterday. They just sat called me and said, Pastor, show us the way. I'm like, what's your problem? Say, see your shoes, boy. They analyze. And you know, Gen Z people, where do you have that time? They analyze it from the top to the I didn't even know the make. They told me, but the one that told me said, this is Nevada. I'm like, I've been wearing this watch for over a year. I don't know. Because somebody just gave me. Everything I'm wearing today was given. So if you see me dress sharp, rather than calculate how much, say, look, look at from, from. Don't be a surface Christian. There are more important things did you come to church to watch the pastor's dressing? So, oh, do you know there are people that didn't come to this church because they feel they overdress in this church? Say, so, I know, I don't have that kind of wardrobe. May you not miss your purpose because of shallowness. Yeah. Roots! Roots! You know, those days, that picture, I didn't care about how I look. Thank God for my wife in my life. The concept of color combination did not exist. When I was, and I was, I was already in university studying pharmacy. I mean, I knock anything on anything. Even the only suit I had those days, it was my cousin that graduated that gave it to me. I mean, as far as I, as I was concerned those days, it was, I mean, putting on clothes was just about covering your what? Your nakedness. For as long as I could cover, I'm fine. But guess what? I was digging deep. Root. I wish I could tell you this morning that the word of the Lord that have been revealed to me over the years have not been challenged. You will never encounter God's word that will not be challenged. Every time light comes, affliction follows. And the affliction is not coming for you. It's coming for the word. But the question is, is your word light or deep? Because people that are not rooted in that light, maybe it's even better not to get light at all. Mm. <laughs> so that you will not attract what will kill you. Get excited. Ooh, he's a healer. How much time have you spent on that word? As that word became you. It says, and the word became flesh. I declare over somebody today, whatever you need in his presence, receive it this morning. Because the word can become it. But there is a becoming within through the process of what? Meditation, meditation, meditation. Develop your root, develop root. You want to be rich, develop root for wealth. You want to be protected. Develop. For example, let me tell you this. January 1st, 2023. Rise up, everybody. This is serious. 
a word of the Lord came to me. In fact, that was the first thing the Lord spoke to me, first of January. You want to know it? He said, you are in a season of Syria attacks. And the Lord took me through Psalms 91. I was still on my bed. He taught me, the Lord Jesus himself taught me like I've never read it before. And he told me, he said, your responsibility this year, as you go around in your apostolic, I mean, tours, wherever you're going, so let the people know there's a need to develop a robust faith because the enemy will attack more than ever. But he that dwelleth in the secret place, lift up your right hand and shout, I dwell. Come on, scream and say, I dwell. I can't hear you. Shari one more time. Shari one more time. He who dwells. Do you know that word dwell in the Greek, in the Hebrew means sit. Now, your problem is you think the secret place is where you visit. No. This secret place is where you should not vacate from. Oh, let's enter the secret place. No, you were born there. Sit there. Sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. Sit there. What did I say? He said, he that dwells, he that sits. Don't you never say, in 2023, I'm beyond, I'm seated. Come on, shout it. Say, I am seated. Say it again. Say, I am seated. I am seated, I'm rooted. Psalm 91 is not just something you play with in this season. In fact, you should get it so much into your heart that you can recite it by heart. I will not be afraid of the terror by night, of the arrows that flies by day, of the pestilence that walks at no time. I mean, the pestilence that walks in darkness and the destruction that strikes what? At no time. Somebody shout, I will not be afraid. Because there will be opportunities to be afraid. A thousand will fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand. But guess what? It will not come near you. But guess what? It's for people that are seated, rooted. You are born in the secret place. Because the Bible says a new creation is already seated with Christ. Then stay seated by revelation. Write it down. Stay seated. Stay, 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 stay. Don't be a surface Christian. Takeover is not just, oh, I need some money. It's, God will give you money. It's more than money. First of all, you need to develop roots by revelation. Because for the word's sake, afflictions will come. In fact, what I'm preaching right now, as it is entering your heart, as light is coming, the devil is already preparing battle. So that's why you cannot afford to just be on the surface. You have to go deep. You know, one of the things Mark chapter 4 verse 17 says is that, he said, because they did not have much root. He said, they only endure for a season. As I begin to round up this morning, listen, patience is a virtue that the body of Christ must return to. Endurance, long-suffering, patience, the same family. In fact, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12, it said, be, it said do not be sluggish. Another translation says, do not be slothful, but be ye followers of them that through what? Faith and what? Patience inherited what? The promise. So there's no inheritance without a combination of the spirit of faith and supernatural patience. What is supernatural patience? Ability to endure and remain the same in the face of adversity. You are still saying, you know, I checked it all in, in the original Greek and it, I realized it means continuity. It means constancy. But the one that really did it for me, you want to know? Your money has finished. I've given you constancy. I've given you continuity. But let me be, let me be generous. Cheerful endurance. Should I say it again? 
The word patience in the original Greek means what? Cheerful endurance. Not the, I'm enduring. No wonder Paul talked about long suffering with joy. In fact, does it make sense to me? I'm suffering long. But there's still joy there. That tells you this thing is deep. And listen, that's what it will take to take over. Because every word that comes to you, the enemy will strike. But the people that have developed strong roots will face whatever the enemy throws at them and they'll be smiling. Glory to God. They are consistently constant. You know what we call patience is actually a form of faith. But it's faith stretched over a long period. When somebody say I'm patient, patient is not being passive. I'm patient. Patient is active eagerness. You are actively expecting what God promised. That is biblical patience. Not like, ah, he said he will come. He that will come, will come. Mm. That's not the attitude. According to original Greek, patience is cheerful endurance. <laughs> Glory to God. It has not happened. I believe it's going to happen. Because God gave his promise. I received that promise. What was given to me was given to me from a higher realm of eternity. Time is too small to convince me that what was given to me by revelation is not real. Should I say it again? Time is too what? It's too small. I receive it from a higher plane of eternity. That's where revelation had dispensed. I grabbed it. So, even when I'm in time and it looks like what I receive from the realm of eternity by revelation has not yet happened. I am cheerfully constant saying the same thing, having the same expectation, gloriously rejoicing. Why? Because I'm rooted in the eternal revelation that God gave to me. I hope I've not lost anybody Take over is not going to come without a fight. In fact, the Bible says, fight the good fight of faith. Because with every revelation of God's word that brings faith, comes adversity. And that was why James chapter 1 verse 2 says, count it all joy. Hey, I feel something in the atmosphere. Don't you never say neighbor? Count it. Or joy. Another transition says, consider it joy. When you find yourself in diverse of what? Afflictions. Then look at the next verse. It said, the trying of your faith. Is it your personal trial? Come on, talk to me. Who is on trial? Talk to me. Who is on trial? Is it you? Who is on trial? Who is on trial? It's your faith that is on trial, not you. I don't know why I'm going through this. Mm. It's the word that I receive that the enemy is fighting. So what do I do? I dig down to ensure my faith is rooted by revelation. So my faith is standing. Because now listen. Can, can I be real this afternoon, this morning? A lot of us, we turn the fight of faith into emotional battle. I can't do it. I'm tired. I, I quit. Especially this generation that has all manner of revelation of mental health. I'm jabbing you, right? Uh, do you know, it's just recently that I realized I was abused growing up. Oh. Don't get it. When people started telling their stories of abuse, I said, really? Is that abuse? Ah, that means they abuse me. You don't get it. 
you know, I've been through a lot. Oh, yeah, tell me, what have you been through? When they tell you what they have been through, they say, ah. I've been abused all my life. Oh, it's just that I didn't know it. Let me crack you. Several years ago, a member of the church came to me. He said, I want to come and report my husband. I said, what did he do? He said, he has been abusing me. He said, ah! I wanted to like, ah, ah, what kind of a, of a useless man is that? Thank God that I kept quiet. And she continued. I said, ah, how did he abuse you? He said, can you believe, pastor? My husband consistently goes to the restroom and intentionally will not lift up the lid before urinating. <laughs> you are laughing. I'm not telling about what I read. I'm talking about one-on-one -on -one encounter. I said, can you imagine? You would now leave it like that. I will now, I will now want to use the restroom later on. They realize that there are traces of his urine all around the lid. Can you see what I've been going through? I kept quiet and I began to meditate on for how long I've been abusing my wife. <laughs> all the men in the house, can you shout hallelujah? You know what I'm talking about. Say, ah, not abuse your music. Thank God. revelation. That was how her husband has abused her perpetually. You know the sad thing? She eventually walked out of that marriage. If the day she walked out, I was mad. Very wicked. She drove the man. The man said, I'm, the man maybe had maybe a conference or maybe something doing in Europe. So she drove the man to the airport. Bye-bye. And called the cop immediately. And filed a restraint. The man flew back into the country and realized he could not get into his house. And later on, he was informed that there's a restraint that's been filed on him by the same woman who dropped him at the airport. They abused. As far as I'm concerned, that's a mental problem. I've been married for 24 years. No marriage is perfect. How do you make something, you know, and I strongly believe she needs help. I hope she has gotten it. Because she just magnifies every little thing. I mean, the same affliction is accomplished in all your brethren all over the world. Go and talk to other women. They will tell you, man, they abuse us. That's where they abuse us. In the toilet. When they do it. Now, listen. I said all that to get your attention. You are not involved in emotional battle. You are involved in the fight of faith. Don't fight with your emotion. Write it down. Don't fight. All this, I'm breaking down. I'm shutting down. I can't do it again. And listen. Stop running your mouth against your destiny. I can't do it. You know what? I can't take it again. Maybe your capacity was like this before. But the moment you start saying, I can't take it again. Then one day, you will quit. Have you noticed that people that keep on saying, you know what, I'm going to walk out of this marriage, I'm going to walk out of this marriage, you know, as they are saying it, they are walking closer to divorce. They are working, and eventually, they walk out. If you know what our mothers went through, even what I saw with my own father that calls himself pastor today, my father is a pastor today, but before he became a pastor, that man was a rascal. He says, your dad, yes, he's going to be 80 this year. But to the glory of God, he's a pastor. But, you know, I got it. I got light before him. He's my father, but I'm his spiritual mentor. I lay hands on my father, yes. And he falls under the power. And he loves it. So before you start looking like me. In fact, the last time he came, one of the meetings, my meetings he came for, he saw my handkerchief that I used. He said, can I take it? Can I take it, sir? My parents, they don't see me primarily as the child they gave birth to. 
they see me as the anointed. Some of you, your village mind will not help you receive the anointing. They are following you from village. Say, ah, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay, is he not the carpenter? Do we not know his brothers? I know no man after the flesh. What value do you place on spiritual things? And some of us, his age. Ah, it's not by age. It's not by calendar. It's not by date of birth. It's by oil. And if somebody has it and you cannot submit, you you will just be telling sorry, I'm not going preach. But I'm not going to I remember the very first time I lay hands on my father. I was in a minister's conference. Hundreds of people were there. This should be like 10, 12 years ago. And the anointing of God came upon me and I turned in his direction. And the Lord told me, release that anointing on him. You know, that very moment, I was no longer his son. I'm an anointed man. I turned in his direction. I said, you. And that's my dad. I'm calling. I said, come here. Thank God he was smart. But he has lost his village mind. Because some of you, you carry village. Ah, When I say you, my dad ran forward. Before he could get to me, he fell under the power. Bam! And I prophesied over him. And I continued preaching. The people that were in the meeting that knew that was my father, they were shocked. I didn't plan it. It was a test for him and he passed it. The question is, will you pass it? If you are him, renew your mind of those village mentality. Listen, when somebody has something you don't have, forget about your birth certificates. People that wear birth certificates, they don't go far. Write it down. Everything. Ah, ah, Mojulo. Mojulo. I was a senior in secondary school. Talonso was secondary school. We're talking about school of life. It's called pride. And pride is a reducer. Just wear your age everywhere. That's why you have not gone anywhere. Hey, that's a, that's a quote. You wear your age everywhere. And that's why you have not gone anywhere. Yeah. You wear your age everywhere. And that's why you have not gone. Because the people that are supposed to take you there, you have despised. Because you you wear age. Oh my nonny. Ojo won't be. Ojo lo join church. She ain't told you one No one saw us in me bear. God forbid. Ah. Chai. In fact, I have a word for you. And I'm not trying to be abusive. I'm just following the full step of Paul. Because when Paul said in, in Galatians chapter 3, oh foolish Galatia. Do you know the Yoruba translation? I want to lie, Nero, Ara Galatia. And my translation says, I want to Ara what? Galatia. So I call it Iwa Okunu. Write it down. Iwa Okunu. Yes. Carry H. Carry. Eh, finish Abekuta Grams. Who is talking about Abekuta Grams? We are talking about school of life. Ah, when I was in secondary school, are you not tired of storytelling? Bible says, write the vision. Make it plain that you may run. If you want to run, you speak the future. God does not just give you memory. He gave you imagination. Memory takes you back to the past. Imagination takes you forward. Genesis chapter 13, 14. God came to Abraham. He said, Abraham, look northward, westward, southward, eastward, as far as you can see. I came to tell a generation it's time to take over. But your memory will not take you there. It will be your imagination. It will be your revelation of God. A generation that is, able, that is ready to run their race by faith and with patience. They know that every word, every prophecy will be contended with. And they are ready to fight. They are like Caleb. The promise that was given to them 45 years ago is still valid. You know, there's something about when you carry that promise of God, it keeps you fresh. Caleb was 85 years old, yet his body could not age. There was a promise that must be fulfilled. When the revelation of the promise dawned on you, age cannot stop you. 
Abraham was 99 years old, but there was a promise to be fulfilled. Oh, that promise activated the womb of Sarah and strengthened his own manhood so that a 99-year-old man could impregnate a 90-year-old woman. I came to prophesy over somebody in Abelkuta. According to the time of life, God told me, you are in a season of Kairos. And Kairos speaks right place, right time. Get on your feet. I didn't come to joke here. I don't know for how long you have been going around that circle. God told me, I'm about to initiate your Kairos. The Bible says in Ruth chapter 2 verse 3, it says, and it happens. That Ruth walked into Boaz's field. That what happened is not just natural. It's divine orchestration. I don't know what I'm talking about. You're about to walk into your Boaz's fields. It doesn't matter how many things you have suffered. Ruth lost everything. Lost her husband. Lost her brother-in-law. But she was smart enough to follow Naomi. And in following Naomi... She encountered restoration. I came today to announce your Kairos is here. Somebody shout Kairos. Kairos. You know, there are two kinds of words used for time in the Greek mostly. Kronos and Kairos. Kronos speaks of the natural order of time. While Kairos speaks of appointed time. It speaks of God-ordained moments. It speaks of right place, right time. Hey, if you have somebody like Ruth, Ruth will say, it was Kairos that happened to me. If you have somebody like Abraham, Abraham will tell you, when those angels walked into my house and I was smart enough to entertain them, I walked into my Kairos. Because when that angel said, according to the time of life, that word time is from the Hebrew word et, E-T-H, which is known as Kairos in the Greek. According to the Kairos, not Kronos. Kronos says you are an old man. But Kairos says it's time. Prophecy time is time to be fulfilled. I came to Abekuta to activate somebody's prophecy. Because Kairos brings prophecy into manifestation. Kairos, bad prophecy. Play something anointed for me. Play something anointed for me. So today it's not just about healing. It's about total life restoration. Whatever the enemy took from you, you are getting back. Somebody shout, I'm getting it back. Can you shout, I'm getting it back. Restoration of dignity. Restoration of the sense of purpose. I don't know what, God bless you. I don't know what happened to you that sent you back. God is about to send you into your future. Because all of a sudden, revelation will begin to penetrate into your heart. You begin to see yourself in, not in the light of your background, not in the light of where you went to school, but in the light of the future that God has for you. Listen to me. People have lied to you. They told you education is everything. But I tell you, prophecy is everything. Paul told Timothy, he said, this charge I commit to you, according to the prophecy which was given unto you, fight a good warfare. First Timothy chapter 1 verse 18. According to the prophecy, he told Timothy in another place, he said, remember, the anointing that you carry, the gift in your life, because of the prophecy and the laying on of hands of the elders. Ladies and gentlemen, greatness is a product of prophecy. I don't know what God has breathed upon in form of words that he has given you personally or through people around you. Hold on to it. Oh, challenges have come. Hold on to your promises and stop looking at the challenges. Because storm of life will come. But guess what? People that are rooted will not be moved. They will do exactly what Jesus did in Mark chapter 4, verse 35 downward. The Bible says he went to the inner part of the boat. To what? Sleep. In the midst of a storm who sleeps is a person of revelation. People without revelation, they will be running around. You don't even care that we perish. But the Bible says he that seated in heaven shall laugh. I don't know what you are dealing with, but can you laugh for the next 15 seconds right now? I said, can you laugh for the next 15 seconds? I said, can you laugh for the last next? Come on, laugh, laugh, laugh! Listen, Jesus slept 
why did he sleep in the midst of storm because he knew by revelation that the storm you keep vigil over you cannot stop for you to stop a storm you must sleep through it Jesus was sleeping and it was stormy people are saying don't you care what God told me is more real than what is happening now God told me let us go to the other side at the other side miracles are waiting there was a madman of Gadara at the other side that God was about to heal that was what Jesus was busy seeing the ongoing storm mm -mm. there's something on the other men of vision they scale over storm they sleep through storm so eventually he woke up and said since you have managed to disturb my sleep okay storm be still and the bible says and the wind and the storm sat down ladies and gentlemen if you will not sleep storm will not steal be calm but before you can be calm you must have roots because it takes roots to patiently endure to have that constancy that endurance that cheerful endurance can you smile can you smile can you smile all these frowning Christians association FCA frowning Christianization lose your membership can you smile 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 now can you upgrade it can you laugh show your teeth I say laugh I say laugh as I conclude my message have you learned something this morning as I conclude my message God gave me a word for you in the middle of the lines as I was rounding up my preparation God told me he said tell them it's joy that we activate both their faith and their patience I've never preached like this until recently it's joy that activates what both what Faith and what? Let me show you a full scripture. Show them Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12. Joy the activator. Joy the activator. I said joy. Hebrews 6 12. Quick. Can you read it? 1, 2, 3, go. How do you inherit promise of God? How do you inherit the promise of God? Of course, faith comes by what? Hearing. Patience comes by digging deep. Rooted. Because it takes having roots to remain still when there is storm. And it says it's going to take a combination of what? Both. Patience is the ability to look beyond time. So what has not happened in time does not disturb you. Because what was given to you from the realm of eternity is more real than what time is saying. You read things by eternity, not by time. And it takes, it takes faith and what? Patience. To do what? To do what? I can't hear you. I said to do what? The reason why it's going to be faith and patience is because once faith comes, attack will come. But it takes somebody that has patience to at last the attack. So promise can only be inherited when faith and patience are what? Married. Is that clear? Having said that, now go to James chapter 1 verse 2. Hey, hey, hey. 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 He said, my brethren, count it all joy. Count it all joy. I said, count it all joy. I said, count it all joy. You've been counting the problem. You've been counting the situation. But can you start counting joy? Somebody shout, I rejoice. When you fall into what? Various trials. Different kinds of troubles. That's not what you prayed for. But guess what? There was an enemy that became afraid of you the moment revelation came. So he sent the affliction. 
But when you see the affliction, switch, joy, switch to joy. Somebody shout joy. Come on. Can I hear joy one more time? Listen. A lot of times we confuse joy with happiness. <laughs> happiness is a product of happiness. You are happy because of what happened. Joy is a fruit of the spirits. Nehemiah chapter 8 calls it the joy of the Lord. So it's not the happiness of happening. It's the joy of the Lord. Some of you, you've been using happiness to serve God. Switch to joy. Let it come from what? Within. Is there count it or joy? Verse, verse 3, please. Move to verse 3, James 1, 3. Glory to God. James 1, 3. <laughs> Glory to God. Can we read that? 1, 2, 3, go. So, let me ask a question. What is being tested? You or your faith? I'm going through a lot. No, it's your faith that is going through a lot. Because it was your faith that brought that affliction. But God has confidence in your faith. He said, I know the God kind of faith I've placed in you. When it's tested, it will come refined. And even it will glow better. But look at it. He said, the testing of your faith gives you an opportunity to now manufacture what is called patience. In other words, when you are going through that season, that what you receive by revelation is being tested. Guess what? Joy! We ensure that test ends in patience. What is the beginning at the beginning of the equation? Joy. Then the testing of your faith. Because I'm joyful. I can't even notice what I'm going through. Glory to God. Glory to God. And in the process, I'm practicing what is called cheerful endurance, which is patience. And when patience lands, in fact, by the time I'm done with you today, some of you, your next child, you will name your mama patience. Even if it's a boy, say, Jesus, you are patience. Look at what patience does. He said, when patience have its perfect work, don't you never say, don't disturb patience. Tell three people, don't disturb patience. Don't disturb patience. Let patience do its work. Where does it land you? Where does it land you? Don't you like that combination? Perfect and complete. Do you know what it sounds like? Nothing missing. Nothing broken. But the only thing that will take you there is patience. Cheerful endurance. Why is it cheerful endurance? At the beginning of the process, you count it all joy. So what you are going through does not define you. It's the joy of the Lord that Nehemiah called your strengths. Your money has finished, but let me give you one more scripture, then I pray. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 12. Hey! Don't your neighbor say, neighbor, what I'm going through does not define me. Joy is taking me somewhere. Where is it taking you? Perfect and complete. Lacking. Complete settlement. Can you read it out? One, two, three, go. Stop. When the Lord showed me this scripture, he said, joy is what leads the process. You go out with joy. No wonder how we enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. 
How we enter his gates with prayer. Thank you, choir. Listen, you are led out with what? Joy. He says, and you will be led out with what? Do you know what peace is from? Shalom. And shalom means nothing missing, nothing broken. When you go out with joy, you will be led out with peace. Then the mountains and the hills will break out into what? Rejoice, singing. And the trees of the field will clap their hands. I want you to do me a favor. Without a choir leader, without gospel force, without sumisola, you, I want you to release your baddest shout of praise. <laughs> strengthen faith. Because the Bible says Abraham staggered not at the promise of God but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Joy will strengthen patience. Because it's when you count it all joy that you will end up with what? Patience. So, faith and patience they rely on joy to function. And that's why worship and celebration is a major part of what we do as believers. I don't like that church. They spend too much time praising God. So they should be praising the devil. <laughs> you, your own church, you only listen to the word. But what you need to know is that that word needs the fuel of joy to be strong. Oh my God. Am I preaching good this? this? Don't you never say, I rejoice. No revelation past revelation. Do you know what it means for somebody who is in prison to write the people that are free? Rejoice in the Lord. Again, I say rejoice forevermore. And it was written by somebody in jail, in the prison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I'm going through? Now, for one minute, I want you to... Have you ever done what I call crazy praise before? Not this organized praise. Dignify praise. Scatter this place with your praise. I'm giving you one minute. Can you go ahead and do it? We hope you've been richly blessed by this teaching from Kingswood Ministries International. Feel free to visit our website at kingswood.org for more inspiring teachings by Dr. K. Ijishasong. There you'd also find other helpful materials and further information about this ministry. God bless you richly.